when I think podcast, I think audio. Right. So when you sent me the link to listen to it, right. I was not prepared to see my face. Yeah. I didn't know that it was a video and my posture was horrible. We have I'm sitting camera. here like I have issues and I was sad <laughs> and I'm like I look like the hunchback of Notre Dame, bro. I would have sat <clears throat> very much nicer had I known. So now I'm like Hi. Greetings. Greetings. Here's I have no idea. Maybe that's for the best, though, because I feel like I would have been analyzing every move that's I made. Right? Yeah. But now I'm aware. Every move I make, I'm making you make move, Jesus. Um, wow, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I feel like that is apropos for the, the conversation we're going to really have is. What's today. funny is, is that's a trending song on TikTok right now. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I know. All of the old VBS songs are trending right now. It's people making fun of it, but... It's that, still kind of funny. Can I be honest real quick? Mm -hmm. That was not a VBS song for me. Oh, I forget that you're old. Welcome to Shoot the Breeze, a series on a podcast that celebrates the messiness of life, relationships, and Christianity, featuring my wife Lacey and myself, Nathan. It's creatively titled because it will be just us shooting the breeze, uh, sometimes with guests, while occasionally saying something important. We hope you enjoy. You are you are a young buck, mm -hmm. and your generation is a young buckish hmm. generation, right? Yeah. Okay. Gen Z. What are there's like a couple gens between you and I, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm generation. Are you Gen X? I'm Gen X, but it, there's like a overlap between Gen X and, and millennial. millennial. Mm -hmm. I heavily lean into the Gen X side. Yes, you do. Can confirm. <laughs> right, yeah. The millennial side is, I'd not, I don't have fond thoughts of. Oh, yeah. Me neither. But I'm not, I fall into that weird, you know how there's an overlap between Gen X and then going into millennial, and then there's millennial going into Gen Z. Right. And so there's been a, like, a debate on who is actually millennial or who is Gen Z and what the years are. Right. From my understanding, Gen Z starts in 98. Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. But I'm 98. And so I am the beginning of what is Gen Z. Right. Well, and like millennial, I've heard millennial goes all the way back to like even 79 or something. Between like 79 and. That doesn't and sound right. Because that would make my, my no, I know. parents close. I know. But all the way up to um, like 87. That's what I mean is like the Gen X, which should be 80s, I believe. Mm -hmm. Generation X. Yeah. Pepsi commercial way back in the early 90s. Spice Girls. Yikes. Anyways. Right. That should be Gen Generation X, which is me. And then Millennial kind of slipped in there. I forget how. Anyways. Wow. Welcome. Yeah. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. Um, I'm doing a lot better now. In theory, I'm going to bring it up that we will not have issues. That was knocking on a wood yes. table. Um, we'll not have issues this podcast like we did last time. And my expert editing skills will not have to come into play. Yeah. So I won't be sitting here for two hours. Shut <laughs> You, you You're like, oh, it'll only take a little bit of your time. Two hours later. You shut your it mouth. It was fine. It was fun. 
It was fun. Yeah, I had a good time. That's why I came back. So That's it true. wasn't okay. horrible. Did you did you listen to the end? I did. That was probably one of my favorites. That is good. Um, my little internal monologue <laughs> becoming external. Well, that was so for everyone a little behind the BTS behind the scenes. Mm. Um, that happened during one of our audio issues where I had to run out, and so you just freestyled <laughs> by yourself. Well, I figured it was going to get cut out. So, I mean... Oh, you never know. Yikes. Um, I do know that there are some stuff that are some things that did get cut out that I'm like, oh, thank God that that didn't make it to I know, the right? final cut. I know. There's a few times. Yeah. But otherwise, we genuinely don't edit. All of those were cuts because of audio issues that we had. Oh. So, that, no, I was just saying yeah. some controversial stuff. You, you were like, gotta cut that out. No. I'm kidding. Uh, oh, no, you did do one thing. But thankfully, it landed in a in a cut that I had because I said I said words that I wasn't allowed oh. to say, and and I told you my wife would not be happy that I said that word. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, see, and I was like, yeah. So I had to. I did have to cut that, but it landed right in like an audio issue. Thankfully, I was like, so oh, my generation is not gonna like that. <laughs> I'm glad you cut it out. Whoops. But every everything else everything you said else was fine. perfectly fine for your generation. <laughs> Oh, yeah. My generation loves the last video, I'm sure. Okay. Speaking of which. Okay. A lot. There's been. I've had several friends, like personal close friends, bring up the subject of deconstructing their Christianity. Mm. That's a term you are familiar with. Oh, yeah. Okay. So tell me. Like I said, I've, I've had a couple friends and... All of them, I'm just doing a quick, mm-hmm. quick think here. All of them have had issues with church authority. Mm-hmm. I'm just double, I'm going through a bullet point list in my head of, of, of it. So all of them have had issues with church authority or leadership wounds in general and have embraced the LBGTQ plus community Mm -hmm. so tell me your experience with it and i thought we could converse about that um yeah i mean i know for me when i was going through it as i say there were a lot of i call them progressive christians or you know christians who are christians but then they believe and support in homosexuality Mm -hmm. and homosexual relationships um as well as a lot of other things um, that would be considered progressive. Mm -hmm. But um, sorry, there's like a buzzing. I know it's like a little, but it'll be fine. I think it's it's my fridge. Oh, nice. We love the fridge. Um, But I, I know for a while I was consuming a lot of content that progressive Christians were making on like TikTok and stuff. In YouTube, I've had a lot of subscriptions to a lot of progressive Christians on YouTube, um, mostly because it was super along, affirming. Right, and along with your and along house, with my little DIY house stuff. Yeah, and they go hand in hand. Yeah, really, building a van, woman marrying a woman. It's just <laughs> they live together in that yeah. van. Yeah, it's all connected. Um, okay, so tell me, so tell me about like why, like in your 
because the the conversation, the thought came to me last time we were talking of I wonder if you ever went through any of that deconstructing ish during mm-hmm. this time that you were not living biblically oh for sure i (laughs) I don't know how else to say it i'll just say that well i mean the first one being like the belief system that homosexuality is a sin right and having to deconstruct that and it's not even so much like i'm not going to say this for every topic of deconstruction but i know for that in particular it wasn't necessarily deconstructing the belief it was just choosing not to believe that it was a sin anymore so i mean yeah no, keep going. I'm thinking. There's like a yeah. there's a lot of a lot of ways that I had to sort of deconstruct my Christianity in order yeah. to make it fit into my lifestyle versus me like you know, not necessarily conforming is not the right word. Yeah. Um like laying my life down <laughs> and I just pull the tea bag <laughs> awesome um versus like the flip-flop of it of laying my life down in order to live righteously it was the complete opposite of kind of piecing together christianity in order for it to be palatable to me right um which is what i did for a a hot second until i was just like screw it i'm not gonna do any of it Mm -hmm. like i don't believe in any of it anymore right um which i feel like is the path that a lot of people go down is well they and and I, I was actually just listening to a podcast that brought up Joshua Harris where they go down this path of quote unquote deconstructing mm-hmm. and then essentially they go to eh, I don't believe that anymore. Mm-hmm. And so they quote deconstruct all the way to the point of having no anchor. Nothing. Well, cuz cuz it's deconstruction with no reconstruction. Mm. So there's no building of like there's no reconciliation. Mm-hmm. There's no healing. Um, mostly because a lot of people don't leave room mm. for reconciliation or healing. Because I know there's a lot of deconstruction, like deconstructing Christians that I know that have been hurt by the church, like mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. Yep. But instead yep. of, you know, doing something about it. What do what, you, but what do you do with that hurt? I mean, you can go to cultivate. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Shameless plug, because I know for me, like I had church hurt from mm-hmm. my YWAM experience, mm-hmm. where I was incredibly deeply wounded by the things that they had said to me. Right. Um, they were horrible things, you know. But it, it was something that I was like, you can deconstruct and reconstruct. Mm-hmm. So there has to be a mindset of like you had to be willing to forgive you know yeah because i mean i would have let it completely derail me forever had i not you know been like okay like i forgive this person for saying this thing to right. me and treating me this way right and so but i feel like nobody now like why nobody nowadays wants to <laughs> okay why go through the process why why do people not want to go through the process um, like I feel like I'm I'm trying to turn all of my soap boxes that I have right now. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I, I have friends very close, very recently dealing with stuff. Me too. I have yeah, I have I've been listening to a podcast that's just been more than angering me is a very gentle word. Uh, like it's been both Lace and I. Anyways, I have all these soap boxes, 
So I'm trying to phrase them into questions for you. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, so why, in your experience, in your thinking, what you observe, why don't people... Why do people go down the path of blaming rather than forgiving? I feel like my generation has, and I feel like I'm going to get canceled for saying this, has a victim complex. And from from where, though? I, literally? I, I don't know. Everybody. No, because I don't, I don't disagree. I'm trying to, th- I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. I know. I'm trying to word this in a way that isn't completely demeaning to people who have actually gone through some real deal stuff. Because right. I am, oh, I'm one of those people yeah. that have, like, walked through some stupor. Here's the deal. Both of us are people. Yeah. If you want to know my own story, this is my own podcast, so I'm going to promote me. Nice. But if you're, no, no, I'm saying this in a way of, if you think we're talking about this from the standpoint of we've not dealt with anything, read my book. Mm-hmm. Read my book. I promise you, you will see I'm coming at this from the side of, not just dealing with stuff and having things done to me, walking it out on the other side of freedom. Exactly. Um, so what, like, if you can, okay, so let's, let's, I'm going to throw church, legitimate church hurts, leadership wounds, and I want to say that I don't just, I'm, I'm not a person who throws in, like, Walmart offended me. no. The cashier at mm-hmm. Walmart offended you. The church offended me. No, this the one, one person. Right. Yes. So, how, like, why do you think it's easier to blame than it is to walk through forgiveness? Like, what do you? What are your thoughts on that? I don't know. I feel like. I feel like anger. Like it does something to you. You know. I feel like there's. Like a, it's like drugs. Almost, if I could describe it, where people want to have something to be angry about. I feel mm. like that for most people, they want to have something to be angry about. Um, and so I feel like most people are like, I'm angry about this and I'm just going to sit and be angry about it and not going to do anything about it. Mm. And then there's also the flip side of a lot of people maybe don't know how to go through the process of that especially because nowadays what is being thrown in our faces is just leave the church Mm -hmm. leave the church it's toxic run and that is how people are dealing with real deal hurts instead Mm -hmm. of walking out natural process what does just like in your own thoughts and what you've what you've seen your friends Mm -hmm. we have mutual friends that we know who we're talking about but what do you what fruit do you see in their life of deconstructing like what do you see i mean i know i was just talking to my mom about this the other day where i feel like besides their posts about leaving the church hating the church all of their other posts are about how depressed they are, hmm. how sad they are, how crap their life is. And it's just, it's very confusing to sit back and watch because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, if you promote this lifestyle and you promote leaving and then like, obviously you're not doing so good. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why would, like, that doesn't look appealing to me. Hmm. 
in the slightest because it's like your fruit is not good fruit. Okay. In my opinion. Yeah. You you don't have to say in your opinion. Sorry. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm not. This is a safe place. This is a safe place. Just pretend that nobody's listening to this at all. That's what I had to do the first time, was pretend like I nobody f- was ever going to hear it. I figured. Uh, I'd, I've just gotten used to pretending nobody listens to me, so I I'm I just say the things. Good. <laughs> I'll do better. So, with this, what... Um, you've you've had experiences. What do you think the difference is between someone who has been offended by church, offended by a Christian, and leaves or chooses to deconstruct versus someone who's like, no, this is, this is like, I don't, I'm not angry at the church. Uh, give you an example. Lacey and I, a while back, we did a podcast on her ministry school that she went to, mm-hmm. and. She's had different people in her classes who have left Christianity, abandoned God, you mm-hmm. know, and then others who are like, yeah, it was difficult, but like we still we still love Jesus. We still serve him. Same thing with mm-hmm. my Bible school that I went to. People who are like, that was the worst. It was such a cultish thing. And then others who are like, yeah, it's hard. I mean, yeah, you're you're going to be pushed in different directions. Mm-hmm. Um but also that was healthy. And so, like, what do you think the difference is between those two types of people who take an experience with a church or a Christian mm-hmm. and go off in one direction of deconstruction, complete rejection, ex what do we what is it called? Ex Exvangelical. Exvangelical. There's always a label. Right. You know what? I'm gonna label ugh. okay, and and those who are like, you know what, I had a difficult time, but it was good for me. Why? What are the two? Di- what's the difference? I don't know. It sounds like a. I don't know. I guess it's just how your your heart and your mind is postured. I feel like I feel like people on the one side where you're because you're able to deconstruct and reconstruct and like like not tolerate unhealthy like because some there are have there have been leaders that have sucked you know and it's like okay but it's the mindset of having to remove the two like this person is not jesus Mm -hmm. and so jesus did not hurt me this person Mm -hmm. hurt me and so it's it's important to to view it through that lens versus just kind of lumping it all together because like you were saying it's not walmart it's the cashier Mm -hmm. right but i feel like a lot of people can't separate the two because it's right because i mean there's a plenty of other issues that this applies to oh yeah like especially nowadays yeah like all cops being bad right like i won't get into that but it's like but it's the same exact, right. it's yeah. very similar well, thing. Well, it's easier, it's easier to label people mm-hmm. than to see them as, as multidimensional. Mm-hmm. If they're one dimension, I can argue against that one dimension. Right. If they're multidimensional, all of a sudden it's like, oh no, I have to think. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. This is one of the many resources we make available for free at our website, cultivaterelationships.com. Our resources have helped people grow in their relationship with God and others. Uh, We've seen people set free from 
uncontrollable anger and paralyzing fear, we've witnessed estranged family members be reunited after working through our freedom booklet. We've helped people build healthy relationship and coping habits through our coaching videos. And all of these resources are made available for free because of the generous support of people like you. If you would like to become a partner, please visit cultivaterelationships.com slash support. Now, I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. You made the statement, deconstructing is good as long as you're reconstructing. Are there any boundaries or anchors during this process? There has to be. What are they? But, I mean, it's, I feel like truth. You have to, like, find out what truth is for yourself. Because that's what I had to do when I was. But is it finding out what truth is for yourself or is there an anchor? Like, what do you mean? Because I guess my anchor would be the Bible. Okay, okay. That's So that's that's what I mean. When I say truth, that's what I mean. Okay, okay. See, you have to define terms. Yes, right, sorry. Kind of, no, because <laughs> no, no, because someone will be like, "Well, that's not. That's just not my truth." And it's like, yeah, no, I get that. That's why I'm like, no, let's define the term. Then, what do you mean by yeah, truth? Like the, what do you mean by this is going to be my bumpers and bowling, if mm-hmm. you will, so I don't go in the gutter. Yeah. Um, this is going to be my anchor, whatever analogy you want to use. Yeah. So what was that for Kalena, and what do you think that has to be as someone could be deconstructing their faith? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you are deconstructing with the intent of reconstructing and you're not going into it in a matter of, like, I'm going to find everything wrong with Christianity Mm -hmm. and just only searching and scanning for the things that I disagree with and want Mm -hmm. to feel my fire and you're really like reading the bible like for like even comparison reasons and being like okay is this place that i'm in is this like lacy school is this place like this is biblical truth is this rooted in the word like Mm -hmm. because that's what i had to do is Mm -hmm. but even even if it's not do you think god could put you in a place like that what do you mean? So, because um, like I know Lacey's Bible school, and I would say very, it was mostly performance oriented mm. with regard to both personal performance. You yeah. have to make Jesus smile, type performance. It's a fantastic podcast. You you should you should make <laughs> Jesus smile. Oh, 100 percent. That's what that that was like one of the mantras. Mm. Yeah, I feel like that's the goal. I was making Jesus cry for a <laughs> long time. <laughs> but it, it's such a performance thing, right? Yeah. Um, as long as I'm doing the right things and doing enough of the right things. Yeah. So here's the deal: Could God lead someone into a, uh, uh, I'll say a church that way? Mm-hmm. But then wouldn't you be like, well, God's, like, abusive. Why would he lead you into that? Right? I guess, yeah. So the, it's so even in that, there has to be anchors. This is what I'm talking about with deconstructing. So, for example, you look... I, th- I think this goes back to kind of what we are saying about different generations, how we don't like discomfort. We don't like suffering, right? Yeah. But then we see the greatest Christian, using that term loosely, in the Old Testament, the greatest leaders, 
faithful men of God mm-hmm. um, were people who had to walk through hard times. So you have Joseph and his whole prison ministry yeah. for like 20 years, 12 years, I think it was. You have David with Saul. You have Moses in the wilderness. I think, and this is what I'm getting to, is there was something that anchored these men. Did they mess up? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Like, So I'm not talking about um, them being perfect people. Yeah, I'm saying, making Jesus smile. <clears throat> oh my goodness, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what is it when someone deconstructs their faith, what is their anchor? Or what what should their anchor be? Because I don't disagree that we should be able to, you see it in the Psalms, ask God questions. Mm-hmm. Why? What is happening? Why is this happening? Why are you against me? Why? Right, all yeah. these things. But they all, I, don't, I, don't, I feel like they all have a common denominator. What do you think that is? I think it's their view of God. Yes. Right? Like, I think it's it's their view of God and them not defining God being good as my definition of what good is. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and so that's what I mean is I, I think, so like a couple of years ago, I went through a year of one of the darkest, the darkest depressions I've had. Yeah. All of it out of, out of my own disappointment um, with how my health was going, how I perceived our ministry was going. Um, you could ask my wife. It was very dark. Um, and I had to, I remember having to get to the place First of all, through this whole time, I'd been praying, God, you need to change either my heart or my circumstance because mm-hmm. I'm fully entrenched here. <laughs> like, this is where I'm yes. landing, <laughs> right? You, 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 I've been there. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it is one of those things. So I had a, a literal, um, very much a re- real uh, intervention mm-hmm. with two friends, uh, Lacey and me. And I remember praying that night. Like, I, I went on a long walk very long walk about an hour and just it was after this intervention and asking god like you've you i know what they're saying i agree with what they're saying i don't know how to change it Mm -hmm. because i'm so disappointed and something that he spoke to me i'm getting to uh, this has a caboose somewhere okay um so so i remember him speaking to me nate if you care for people you'll feel cared for he's like that's why i designed you Mm -hmm. if you care for people Essentially, I will care for you. Yeah. Um, but you're being so self-focused right now that I can't do with you what, what I actually designed you to do. Yeah. Um, you're going against my design in being self-focused. And it, like that started playing with my brain a little bit. And then literally the next morning, um, I, I've never had this experience ever. I had a completely different heart. Like uh, my mindset, everything completely different. Yeah. Um, now that came with some habits I had to build, so I wouldn't <laughs> backtrack, you know. But uh, so I, what I mean by this anchor is I th- like for me is God is good. God is good. Anything that happens or he allows to happen, he can either make it good or is currently good for me. Um, so going back to deconstruction, if people are throwing out things in their life that have caused them pain mm-hmm. because how can that be good yeah 
Um, and I don't, I, I, I want to thread this very carefully. What I'm not saying is God causes things to happen. Uh, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe he causes someone to rape someone else. Mm-mm. Um, but I, where I land, where my anchor is, I know God can make that situation good mm-hmm. if I submit my hurt and my pain to him. Exactly. Um, so that is not what I'm seeing in people, though. Mm-hmm. Is it? No, not at all. And it's it's really confusing because I am a part of this generation, but I feel like I like I'm dancing a different dance than everyone else because it's like I have walked through my own fair share of of garbage within the church and like not even just within the church of just life stuff mm-hmm. where it's like. Like, I feel like if I didn't know that God is a good God who loves me, mm-hmm. where I would be like, you obviously hate me. Yeah. Because my life sucks, you know? Right. And so it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard for me to kind of sit back and watch as my, because these are like some of my friends, you know, kind of go off the deep end. People you grew up with, yeah. right? And these youth ministry. That, and, yeah. like, and I still love them. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's very, it's it's hard for me to know that there isn't like a, like a solution, mm-hmm. but like not really, like so, they don't want it. So as a Christian, because I feel like this is kind of the next, <clears throat> um, no, let me, let me rephrase that. Let me kind of step back a couple steps of I had one of my favorite things in teachers in Bible school that I really appreciate is people pushing against my beliefs, Mm -hmm. right? That's how we grow, challenge each other. So what I don't mean by deconstructing is I have some questions about this. I need to, I want to search it out. I want to figure out what this means. Great example is the perceived view of God in the Old Testament as opposed to the New Testament, Mm. right? Yeah. Oh, that's a fantastic study. Now I have to land, my, my anchor is God is good, because mm-hmm. that is throughout scripture. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his love endures forever. Literally the famous poem throughout the Old Testament. So now that puts me in a quandary of, okay, hmm, <laughs> there's a lot of bad yeah. things that I so read about. if he's good. Right. Mm-hmm. So now though, do I get to define what good is based on, oh, excuse me, goodness, uh, what 2021 has has brought to us? Yeah. Or do I get to find what good means based on what I, I read in Scripture and what I believe the Holy Spirit is showing me? Yeah. Or, right, yeah, so it's, and so I'm not opposed to asking questions, trying to search things out, but also, and we you had talked about this, how they would leave the people who de- deconstruct, leave the church, and have to you like you were saying have to find your own truth. How? What part does community play in this? What part does your own personal, intimate relationship with God play in this? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What are? What's your thoughts there? Yeah, I feel like it's because I I think that I was at I've been in a deconstructive place at least two times in the last couple of years mm-hmm. where there was one when I was actively living in a Mm -hmm. godless lifestyle right and then there was one where it was like coming back to it Mm -hmm. um and so kind of 
so I guess really it was more deconstructing and then reconstructing. Okay. So, but I know when I was deconstructing, I was only listening to like progressive Christianity. Mm-hmm. I was only listening to ex-evangelicals mm-hmm. and I was only ever like feeding myself what I wanted okay. to believe because it made sinning easier. Okay. Versus a couple years later where it was like feeding myself actual biblical truth straight mm-hmm. from the book itself mm-hmm. of it being like you are in the wrong and me being like oh crap <laughs> <laughs> lovely <laughs> so i mean it's it's yeah but, yeah, but if you splice the greek words in different ways yeah like they could mean different things yeah when god said man and woman only he really meant like anybody can be a woman <laughs> and so if you put on a wig. Right, but it's like... He isn't going to know. But that's what people do is they're like, hold on, this Greek word, what it really means. But then I'm like, yeah, there's very blatant passages, though, throughout mm-hmm. Scripture. There's, there's one in Romans that is my favorite, like, argument piece, I guess. And I'm blinking on it, and I left my phone over there. Otherwise, I would Wait, is it, it. is it for... Or against, uh, against uh, for you, your previous lifestyle, or against it? Against. Against it. Okay. Yes. Is it no, Romans? I... Is it Romans one? Oh, I would walk up and grab my phone and show you because I have it bookmarked. Is it? Well, is it the one where he talks about and they? And they gave themselves up to, to yeah, man with man, woman with woman. Mm-hmm. Very blatant. Yeah, that's very Romans one. blatantly. Yeah. It says point blank period. Yeah. They gave themselves up, and. Right. And God said, I, like, okay. we'll give this you is, up too. Yep. And here's what I love. And here's what I love about that passage. You hit on a different part of it. I like this passage, or this is kind of later on in the verse. And they gave themselves over to unnatural desires. That, <clears throat> so man with man and woman with woman is an unnatural, unnatural. desire. So in our ministry, because sin has been redefined and and like beat people what over the head. What is it anymore? Right, yeah. and and they lump mistakes, failures, in with rebellion, mm-hmm. and so that that's hard, right? And mm-hmm. and yes, technically the word can mean all of those things. However, I think when I look at like <laughs> that would be like saying, well, when my daughter's learning how to ride her bike and she fell over, she sinned. Mm-hmm. That was a mistake technically the word could apply so i don't think that's i don't think that's what it means so that's why i like the the use of the words unnatural unhealthy because there's ways god designed us to live that are healthy and natural and when we go against that we suffer natural consequences of that Mm -hmm. um this is what the passage i believe is in ephesians where he says um by nature they became children of wrath the natural consequence of their choices they incur they incur the consequences of that Mm -hmm. right and so um hold on i have a funny picture i need to show you this this goes with natural and unnatural so dang it i missed my phone it's charging i know you are probably fine you know, I mean, you said it was at like 2%. You know, and it's probably at 10 now. Oh, my word. Do you need to go grab it? No, it's okay. You can go grab it. No, it's fine. No, I'll let no, you. it's fine. 
Oh, no, I... Oh, here it is, yeah. <laughs> I'm debating if I should put this up on the podcast, like the <laughs> Wait, video. Let me see. I'll just let you see first. This to me... This <laughs> see, to me... but that's exactly it, because, like, is that going to keep you safe? Right? Should I put that up as a picture? I think... Can I? Yeah. Should I? Because it, it proves the point. Like, you have okay. to have a... Like, in order for you to be safe, like in a car crash. Right. You know? Like, it has to to buckle up. Right. Like, you can't... Those of you listening to this podcast, you're going to have to pop on over to our... You're going to have to pop over to our website to see the, the picture in the video. So, I'm putting it in. I'm doing it. Do it. Because it's one of my favorite things. Um, I snapped that a number of years ago off of Instagram, but it I loved it so much. Anyways... That proves my point of dealing with natural versus unnatural. Um, so, all of the okay. So dealing with deconstruct. So if I don't even like the term because I feel like it's a misnomer. It's like I have to deconstruct my belief system when really all you actually have to do is resolve the issues that you've faced in your life. Mm-hmm. Is that a fair yeah. redefinition of that? Yeah. Um, or at least that's the correct way of doing it. A lot of people don't and just kind of mask it as, oh, I'm deconstructing when really, no, you're just denouncing your faith. And they're, like, they're right. And they're finding their, their, rather than, right. They've switched out the word, I'm embracing bitterness with, I'm deconstructing my faith. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, that, I don't, anyways, not a fan. Hashtag not a fan. I'm also not a fan. So with this, also, I'm just going into all of the subjects that I've had on my brain the last week. <laughs> okay. So, um, oh, what was the, t- you used a term. I was going to jump on that. Um, not deconstructing. Ex-vangelical. No, it wasn't that. I forget. Do you, what other, I guess, what are some thoughts that, like, what are you thinking right now just in this conversation? I don't know. My head's kind of going in a million directions. Cause it's right? Just, it's so, it's so hard, especially because, keep in mind, I came in here today not knowing anything about what we were talking about. So I'm just kind of, this is what is on my head. This the is top right. of my head. I had so, no thought to it. This is the point of Shoot the Breeze, is it's messy. We're just talking but things exactly. out. Okay? So, but this is one of those things that it's almost, it's so... It's so complex because there's so many different directions of which it goes in. Right. And it affects so many. And it's also hard because it's like, I don't know. It's so, I feel like everybody knows somebody that's going through this and it's, and it's hard. Let me ask you this. I don't disagree with you, by the way, that, and this is the, this is why I'm trying to have a conversation about this in a way of yes, Whatever. If you're deconstructing your faith or an ex, event, whatever, ex-evangelical, I promise you, you're probably going to be offended by me because you disagree with what I believe. Um, progressive Christianity. Hmm. Can Christianity? Oh, here's a question. Ready? Can Christianity be progressive? Am I going to get canceled for saying no? <laughs> Because I feel like God never changes. Okay. The Bible never changes. His design doesn't change. His design doesn't change. His character does not change. And his 
I mean, it, it, it never changes. Therefore, like, I, I'm trying to find the wiggle room where they seem to be fitting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pin you down then. Ready? Mm-hmm. So is progressive, progressive Christianity really Christianity? And here's why. (laughs) No. And this is like a a topic very near and dear to my heart just because I know that it nearly destroyed me when I was a lesbian. Right. Because I was so desperate to know for a fact that if I continued in my lifestyle that I was not like that I was going to make it to heaven. Right. I was desperate to know that. And I had all of these progressive Christians in my face telling me that, like, God loves you. He would not send you to hell for this. Like, you are not sinning. This is his design. He makes no mistakes. Like, gay is okay. And I lived by that. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, like, lies masqueraded as truth. And so for me, for someone like me who is in such a vulnerable state, needing any sort of truth to grasp onto, Mm -hmm. that is what I held onto so dearly was this promise that this is truth and here's all the evidence of it and it's all, it's bull, but yeah, but I, it's so toxic. Okay, if this was God's design, Kalena, um, then you should have had the utmost of peace, the the most victory, the most uh, calm thoughts. Mm-hmm. If this was God's design for you, I always say, like, look at the fruit. Right. I know for a fact that the fruit I was bearing was trash. I was a lousy employee. I was not a good friend. I wasn't a good daughter, sister. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I I was failing in most every area of my life and suffering panic attacks every mm-hmm. single day. Well, like you said before, your hair was falling out, teeth were falling out. Yeah, I'm still missing teeth from it. So but this, this is what I mean by it. You can, you know, Christians use the term fruit, um, it's probably a spiritualized term, but let's bring it down to uh, consequences. Mm-hmm. And there's good consequences and bad consequences of, yeah. of things that we do. Your, at the time, truth, the thing that you were trying to embrace was physically killing you. Yeah. Stress, anxiety, fear, nutrition, eating, all of these things were byproducts of the anxiety you were feeling because you were not in... Um, you are not in an intimate relationship with God. And I do not mean that God rejected you. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is you were not living how he designed you to live. Yeah. Right. And so with that, when we try to justify our, our unhealthy, unnatural lifestyles, we are always going to have to find a community of people 
to gather around us to support us in this so that the conviction, the mm, shame. The shame, yeah. Is is overwhelmed by support and acceptance. And that's exactly what I found <clears throat> okay. in the progressive Christianity or even the ex-evangelical community was it overpowered that feel that gut feeling mm-hmm. that I was in the wrong mm-hmm. because they were screw like from all directions screaming at me mm-hmm. that I was living how God created me to live, which yeah. was not true. Right. Um, there's a so you you've you know heard the term conviction like oh yeah conviction is actually a a positive term like when you're you know convicted not to run out in front of traffic like that's not a shameful thing it's a life-preserving thing but because it's gotten a negative connotation is particularly coming out of the church i've like i've been just in how i talk using the word convince like god convinces you of a better way so like Mm -hmm. in john 16 where he's talking about the holy spirit convicts um, he convicts of sin. He convinces you of a better way to live, of a, dare I say, natural, healthy way to live, right? Right. And I think that's one of the things, you know, we always, um, I think that <laughs> the church is fantastic. People, Christians, over the last hundred years have been fantastic at pointing out all the things that you shouldn't do. And I think we, I've seen a resurgence of God going, hey, can I show people my heart? Can I convince them of my heart? Rather than pointing to, I'm going to knock that off. Um, keep bumping my phone and it's going to go flying. Um, can I convince people of how I designed them to live? And, and when you focus on living empowered by the Holy Spirit, living how God designed you to live, mm-hmm. it's harder to go back to something you're not supposed to do. Yeah. That's unnatural, right? Um, a great example of this is, so for example, Kalena, what I want you to do is pink elephants are bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pink elephants are horrible. Do not think of a pink elephant. Pink is bad. Pink elephants are worse. Don't. How you doing? Bad. <laughs> right? It's like we... we Exactly. But if I said, hey, Kalinda, don't think of a pink elephant. Like, think of an orange emu or something. Do you know what an emu is? It's like an ostrich. Like an emu? Emu. Emu? Emu? Sir? An emu? See, we're talking about emus and not the pink elephant. (laughs) Yeah, totally forgot about the pink elephant for a second. Good job. What if... Continue. (laughs) I messed up. Never mind. (laughs) But the whole point is is that of... and That's what God does, is he says, listen, this is not how I designed you. Here's how I designed you. Let's focus on how I designed you. Live empowered by the Holy Spirit. You see that over and over again in, in particularly the New Testament where it says take using different passages, you know, put off the old, put on the new, right? Mm -hmm. He's always focusing on active steps rather than don't do these things. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. That was just my own thoughts. Trying to think with, I don't know. What role do you think Christians do play in, and by Christian, I mean, um, actual Christians um what role do we play in I'm being harsh this one's a harsh one because it's I've seen too many people go down the road of deconstructing and what's happening is they're breaking relationship with a God that absolutely loves them and 
designed and created them to be in relationship with him and they're rejecting it because they want to justify their own bitterness anger and sin um period so as christians what is our role like at what point is it your classic verse speak the truth in love um mercy triumphs over judgment uh there's no fear in love um what do we do so what's our role yeah that's a hard one because it's something that it's like i sit and watch it go down on like my facebook and my in my twitter feed of just people completely bashing like people that i grew up with in church Mm -hmm. completely bashing the church and jesus and saying some pretty hurtful things because it's like okay you say all christians are are this 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 horrible nasty people and then i'm sitting there like bro like we used to go to mcdonald's together and eat fries like this is so weird um but i don't know it's it's also kind of new i mean maybe it's not new but with social media social media is new and so like exploding your dirty laundry all over social Mm -hmm. media is new and so it's like, how do you speak life into somebody who is so publicly spewing hate mm-hmm. everywhere? And I mean, I, I don't even know. I don't even know the answer to that. Is I don't social know how to help? Is social media the place that we should be having these conversations? Absolutely not. In my opinion, I don't is, think so. Is social media something that? Um, I I heard a fantastic quote recently that media means to be in the middle of. And so when you're in the middle of something, you lose a, it creates a filter, a separation from relationships. So depending Mm -hmm. on how many medias you have in between you and another person, um, creates, uh, Instagram's a great example of this. Um, I look at Instagram feeds and I see a um, curated uh, photo book of what they want me to see. Mm-hmm. And so I become depressed because I'm not that successful, good looking, all of that. <clears throat> so um, with this, something standing in between uh, you and someone else, this filter creates an anonymity mm-hmm. between you and them so you can say things without having to be faced with the repercussions of your words on that person yeah and so the reason i asked is social media a place that we should be having this conversation maybe i would follow it up with is social media a place that we should be having any conversation because am I able to, it's like this, I can see your eyes, I can see your face, I can see how you're reacting. Mm-hmm. If I do say something offensive and I don't mean, sometimes I do mean to be offensive, but if I don't mean to be offensive, um, I can see that on your face. Yeah. And I can be like, oh, whoa, whoa, step back. I, I may have miscommunicated something, but I can't do that on social media. Um, and so I'm, I think we, briefly talked about this last last time but i'm becoming more and more convinced um 
Colossians was Colossians and Philemon are two books that are incredibly countercultural to the time that they were written in. Um, at one guy, he's saying, hey, the slave that I'm sending back to you, treat him as a brother, not someone that you have the legal right to kill because he ran away. Mm-hmm. Very countercultural. So in today's time, what is something that could be countercultural to what's happening right now? Um, and that is losing relationship with people, right? It's losing, whether it's on social media, you're not having the face-to-face conversations. Um, If it's the school, because parents aren't having the face-to-face conversations with their their face-to-face time with their kids. Um, I don't... I I think we're facing another time of... Christians having to choose to become countercultural in how we live our life, how we have relationships with others. Um, and anytime that happens, you are forced into sacrifice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, I, I'm just, I'm thinking out loud right now. Uh, anyways, I think with, like, a, with this conversation, with all conversations, you know, with, I think you do a disservice when you put a um, platitude online because it might be a true platitude, but it may not be uh, received as loving. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where um, I think that's where the line. I'm trying to think how to word this. Jesus Jesus said some pretty mean things. And are we willing to say mean things face to face, not online? face to face. Mm-hmm. I'm confident people spoke some hard things to you, right? Mm-hmm. People literally had an intervention yeah. <laughs> of how I was behaving. Now, that intervention taking place online, well, whatever. It was, never would have happened. But it was because people chose to be in my bubble. Yeah. Like personal bubble, physical bubble, like right here with me having those hard words spoken in love. Yeah. I think that's, we can't do that on social media. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And that makes it (laughs) 10 times harder for us nowadays because it's like there is no means of, of like communicating even because it's like, I can't meet up with these people to like go, Mm -hmm. like, let's go talk about this. Like it all is... So the question is, should we be trying to have conversations with people that are not in our immediate sphere of influence? I mean, yeah, right? Should we? I mean, I don't always, I feel like the easy answer would be no, just cut them off and let them destroy oh, no, their lives. Sorry, no, no, I don't mean cut off people. I, um... Uh, I was like, really? No, no, no. Let, sorry. Let me let me see. I got to see that because of your face. I can see your face, right? Yeah, because I was like, you yeah. cut people out because yeah, no, no, you no. just. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> what I mean, what I mean is, if I'm trying to reach 900, I think at one point with like 1,500 friends on Facebook, Ooh. can I actually have genuine relationship and influence in someone 1,500 people's lives? No. No. That's what like, like even here, like. 
like Scott can't have like personal relationship with every one of right the people that go to HCF, but that's right. what like small groups are for in so like, what intentional. I right. So this is this is what I mean is I don't mean I don't mean cut people off. But can you? Can I have genuine personal yeah. influence, and can others? On social media have personal influence in my life no so that's the I think that's the thing I've been wrestling with myself and it's it started way back with, with you know the whole analytics game that I was I was playing and getting depressed over yeah but um, I think I've just been thinking of like who do I actually how many people can I actually influence or how many people can actually speak into my life mm-hmm and I don't think it's as many as social media says it is. Yeah. Right? I've just been monologuing. Thanks for being a great audience, no, Kalina. I'm happy to be here. We'll have to do, we're going to end up doing like part three, four, five, six. I've had a lot of things on my brain since we talked, and your, your subject matter kind of like opened the gate, and then things over the week and podcasts I listen to. I'm just fiery right now. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, same. I have to watch all of my friends do this on a daily basis, and it's mm-hmm. it's heartbreaking, and it's hard, because it's like, I don't know what to do about it. Can I do anything? Do I have the influence to do anything, like you were saying? Yeah. Not really. I really don't have any sort of... So at what point do you... Okay, this might be another podcast. At what point do you do what Paul says where it's like, hey, there are certain people you just can't hang around? Mm-hmm. I think we'll end there. Yeah. <laughs> <A> cliffhanger. <laughs> we love to see it. Thanks, Clona, for coming back. Yeah, thanks for bringing me back. Hearing me monologue. I don't know if we talked about anything that we promised that we would talk about in no, the second No, we one. didn't. But we I didn't? No, I don't think that we did. Did we promise anything specific? No. Okay, then this was exactly what we had planned. Yeah, literally just soapbox. <laughs> Can you just title it that? Just <clears throat> soapbox? I was going to title it uh, either deconstruction or ex-evangelical. Ex-evangelical. What one's more Googleable? Exvangelical. Exvangelical. Mm-hmm. Not deconstruction. No, because deconstruction uh, applies to a lot of different things, but exvangelical. Very specific. That is a very specific word okay. made up for a very specific group of people. <laughs> so, fair enough. All right. In terms of analytics, do that one. I don't even know if our website's Googleable. That's the thing. I have. I have. Oh, I guess I didn't think about that. Right. I don't well, even know. Then I guess it doesn't matter. Oh, we are on Spotify, Pandora, and Apple. So Yeah, now if you try to find my account to listen to my playlist, you get me on last podcast, oh, yeah. Yeah. which is like, okay, cool. <laughs> Welcome. Did you have anything else? I, like I said, we... we. I have a lot, but... <laughs> 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 Sir. <laughs> Sir. I have a lot. Next time, it'll be me on my soapbox. Do you have soapboxes? Oh, I have tons. Why didn't you should have, like, stepped up? I was letting you have your moment, sir. No, I I was (laughs) waiting for you to throw down your soapbox, too. Hey, no, I was just rooting for you. I was like, go, go, go. Well, now you know what we can talk about. Yeah, next time. I'll be here again. Yeah. All right. No, I say that very excitedly. Like, we have so, so many thoughts. Guys... 
thanks for listening. Kalina, thanks for coming back. Yeah, thanks for hanging out with me. Your dad's a little upset that he's not been uh, on the podcast yet. Maybe we should... No, I was going to say we should do an episode together. We should not do an no. episode together. Here's the deal. Is I've invited your dad. He's a busy, busy man. You said it, not me. Sorry, Dad. Jeremy, if you ever find time to listen to one of your daughter's podcast episodes... I personally would like to have you on, but... Dad, if your attention span has allowed you to make it this far into this video... <laughs> again, this your... is your invitation to come on. <laughs> again, your word's not mine. Okay. <laughs> I'm his kid. I'm allowed to say it. Goodbye. Goodbye.